Hello and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo. I'm Joe Nicholson and joined today by my colleague James Copley and we're going to be previewing Saturday's match between Sunderland and Wigan at the Stadium of Light. So to find out more about the Latics, we're joined by Barry Worthington from the Progress with Unity Wigan Athletic podcast. Barry, how's things? Uh, very well, thank you. The sun is shining in Wigan today, so that's that's a nice uh, a nice thing to report. Makes the change. It is it is in the northeast as well today, uh, which is good. Uh, it wasn't last week when we recorded the podcast when it was chucking it down with rain, but uh, yeah, nice it, weather uh, today. It will be cold on Saturday, though. You just know it's going to be cold on Saturday. The Stadium of Light seems to have its own ecosystem. Mm, it does at the back of the stand where we sit. <laughs> it mm. seems to be uh, two oh, different yeah. temperatures, but. Um, We'll move on to uh, to Wigan then and uh, Saturday's game. There's definitely going to be a lot of familiar faces coming back to the Stadium of Light, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But Barry, uh, Wigan sitting ninth in the table at the minute. Um, five wins, four draws, four defeats. Uh, they beat Blackburn 1-0 on Tuesday. So how would you assess their start to the season? Ah, excellent. Uh, you come up from League One, you know it's a massive step. So all you're looking for is uh, to make sure you don't go back down again. And, you know, to, our, our away form has been something else, as it was last season. And uh, we built on that again this season. We've had some great results. We've drawn away at Norwich early doors and, you know, wins at uh, Luton, who, who did really well last, last season. It was a great win. Huddersfield, who were also in the playoffs, we won there as well. Um, it was just our own form, which was a little bit dodgy, to say the least. <laughs> you know, but uh, we got Blackburn. We hit them at the right time because they just uh, won the, the previous game and we know they win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. So we caught them nice and neat. And uh, to be honest with you, I was, I was a little bit disappointed because I thought Blackburn were going to be a lot better than what we were. But uh, we changed things around a little bit ourselves, to be honest. And uh, we, we never looked in danger of, of losing the game. And once we went in front, there were no way we weren't going to win it. So I'm very pleased with, with how things have turned out so far. Hmm. Well, you might as well come on to the, the former players that are going to be returning to the stadium. And I want to start with, with Nathan Broadhead, a player who was at Sunderland last season, a player that they were trying to re-sign this summer. I think we've said before, haven't we, James, that if it wasn't for Nathan Broadhead, even when he came back when he did, I don't think Sunderland would have gone up last yeah, season. The late goals that he scored. Yeah, a couple of late goals that he scored towards the back end of last season that were vital. Just a very, very classy quality football player when he was fit. And uh, it was sort of our understanding that the deal with Sunderland this summer was quite close on a permanent. Um, I actually reported as such because I was I was told it was pretty much done. And then Wigan sort of came in at the 11th hour, swooped. He signed a new contract at Everton, signed for Wigan on loan, which uh, made my report 24 hours not look so good. Uh, 24 hours previously not look so good, but that's the way it goes sometimes. But yeah, I don't know if you've had much to much chance to see him yet. Barry, I know he scored against Blackburn, but I was a massive Nathan Broadhead fan. I thought it was uh, brilliant for us. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if he's had a, a decent pre-season or not because um, he's, he was used off the bench when Callum Lang is has come through the ranks at the Latics and it, I think they're both vying for the same position. So, But Lang is uh, our quality player and uh, he was keeping Nathan Broadhead out. But whether it was more due to Broadhead's fitness levels or not, I'm not sure. But Lange has um, received a, an ankle injury, which has had him out. He's missed the last three games and he's, he's going to miss at least another two. So Nathan Broadhead's come in and he, he's done brilliant. He already scored the winning goal away at... Uh, at Birmingham, 
um, we, we won the with 10 men. We was 10 men from 10 minutes in, and we won that. He come on as a sub, Charlie White, with a, a beautiful layoff for him, and uh, he put it in the back of the net. Great finish. And then again on, on Saturday, uh, sorry, on Wednesday, on Tuesday even, <laughs> on Tuesday when we played Blackburn, uh, we're playing that many games at the moment. Everything's melding into one another. Yeah. 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 Um, so we, we uh, he, he followed Will Keane uh, into the box, and as, as Keane's shot was saved, he was on hand to poke it home. But it, to me, it looks like a real goal poacher. Yeah. And both both his goals that he scored so far have been in one nil wins. So you see the importance of that player in itself just with that stat. Um, his, his performances have improved the more game time he's got. He was excellent on Tuesday evening. He, he had a couple of uh, runs at the Blackburn defence where it, they nearly turned into goals. So, yeah, really pleased with him. Really pleased to have got him. Uh, I, I, I heard all the rumours about he wasn't promised game time at uh, Sunderland, so that's why I didn't go. But he's not promised game time at Wigan Athletic. You know, that's that's it's football and that's the way it is. Um, but I think one thing that he has got, Rob Page is on the doorstep here, so he... Uh, the Wales manager, and he was there on, on Tuesday watching him. So he, he wants to get into that Wales squad for the World Cup. Maybe you did think he'd more chance of making a statement playing for us. Maybe you thought we were the better team and he'd get more goal-scoring opportunities. You, you just don't know. Um, but, yeah, we, I'm delighted that he's come and I'd be delighted if we signed him on a permanent as well. I think for me, for me, Joe, the variety of broadhead goals was always quite impressive. And as Barry mentions there, for Sunderland, he always seemed to pop up with some really, really important strikes at really important times. Mm. Yeah, I think his, his finishing was the thing that impressed me most, kind of when he went through on goal. Um, he was pretty prolific when he went through, wasn't he? And the headers that he scored, I think the two goals that he scored, the late ones that we were kind of alluding to earlier, um, were both headers. But as you, as you were saying, Barry, he's not kind of guaranteed starts at Wigan. I was looking at his stats, three starts out of 11 appearances, obviously with the two goals. But do you now see with the injury to Lang that he is going to get a run of games now and be a key player for Wigan? Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah. He's got that uh, He's got that position. It's his own at the moment and it's, his, it's to lose. And I think when Lange comes back, um, it'll be, you know, Lange will be struggling to get back in the team as, as long as Brodick continues to, you know, show this, this vein of form that he's in at the moment. And I think Richardson does that. He, he does like to keep a settled settle side. And if it's firing, uh, you know, wh- why change it? And, mm. you know, we love Callum Lang. He's, he's brilliant and he's, that, he's dynamic and he's got that explosiveness to him. But so is Nathan Broadhead. So they're very typical, uh, similar players to me. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's great that we've got him because with Lange, I don't know, we'd be scratching our heads as, as he could play that position. So, mm. yeah, I, I think he'll, he'll, um, he'll keep his spot as long as he's firing. Hmm. Uh, we're uh, we're scratching our heads at the moment, Joe, with um, with strikers and who's going to play there. Sunderland have a a few problems. I'm sure we'll come back to the the, the former Sunderland players, Barry. But you mentioned Richardson there. Just how important is he to Wigan's success? And I saw his response to the the um, the West Brom links. He was quite uh, short but sweet over that. It looks like he's staying, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm, what can we say about Liam Richardson? He's for me. He's got a job for life. Uh, when everybody left the club during administration, he stayed, um, and, and he wasn't even appointed manager at first. We brought John Sheridan in, and everybody was thinking, "What's going on here, John Sheridan? We got we got a manager." <laughs> but he he still managed the, the team when Sheridan was there. Did all the team talks, did all the press conferences, led from the front. Sheridan fired off to Swindon, and he, he just he, he just took over. 
he kept us up. I mean, we, that season we did the double over Sunderland, if you remember. And we had a, we had a, I mean, the team was made up of not even under 21s. You know, there was 18 year olds, 17 year olds playing in that team. Was that the, um, was that the, the Kyle Joseph season and players like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Joseph. It was, uh, it was one nil up at your place and then we beat you two mm. one down. Keno and Lang scored down after you'd gone in front with, um, was it Charlie Wack who scored your opening goal? I think it might have been, you know. Yeah. 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 So, that kept them up, didn't it? Those wins. I think Wigan did they only stay up by by a point in the end. We stayed up by a point, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did, yeah. So so that, that kept us up. Well, we can point to any numerous games during yeah. the season. But uh yeah, I mean Rochdale beat us five 0 that season and they went down. So um anyway, um so so he was uh, he's led from the front, and as soon as the new owners came in uh, during administration, um the, the, the first job they did was give him a, a three-year deal, which he, you know, we're all grateful that he took. And then last summer, um, with three players under contract, and everybody was saying, "Oh, look at Wigan Athletic now throwing money at it by bringing all these players in." Well, we had to sign players because we didn't have any, and I think <laughs> we only paid for two. The rest were free transfers, you know. But his recruitment was was unbelievable. But not just in the players, he brought all the characters in. But he, but his recruitment of his backroom staff as well, uh, Rob Kelly, James Beatty. Absolutely brilliant coaches. I mean, that was a masterstroke for me. Uh, but the players that he did bring in, like he brought, he brought um, Max Power back from from Sutherland back to us. But he brought Charlie White with him. So you got two players who know each other, good mates there. Up from from Portsmouth, he brought in uh, Jack Watmore and Tom Naylor, best mm. of mates. So he's bringing in people who already knew each other, already played well together, uh, and he built that team on, on that togetherness. And, and last season. I was uh, hoping for a mid-table finish. I thought, I don't want to be struggling this season because you, you don't know how long it's going to set the place to gel. But I, we came up to your player. She did us 2-1. But even in that game, I saw glimpses uh, of, of what was going to come. The next game, we beat Rotherham and, and we was away. And I thought to myself, you know, forget mid-table, this team's going up. And, and, and it did. And again, it led from the front. It never criticised anybody publicly. It never criticised any of our opponents. Bolton, I don't need to talk about Bolton's manager, Ian Ever. Everybody knows what he's like. He's a clown. There you go. I've talked about him. Uh, and he was he was bad mouthing us and, and and all that sort of stuff. And Liam said, let's let's do the talking on the pitch. And we went went there and beat him 4-0. You know, that's the sort of manager he is. He's very respectful to, to the opposition. He's brilliant. He's loved by um by all the supporters. Then we had the incident with Charlie Mike in, in training where it collapsed. Leah, who's first on the scene? Leah Richardson starts CPR. I mean, there's nothing this man can't do. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, Charlie actually says that I owe my life to Liam Richardson and, and the doc as well, you know, at the club. Um, we've named the South Stand after him now. When which incumbent manager has a stand named after them? The <laughs> Liam Richardson stand. You know, it's just unbelievable. So, West Brom, you know, they can come as many times as they want. He's not going because we'll lock him up. We'll make sure he doesn't go. Uh, a job for life for me. He's brilliant. And he's absolutely superb. Uh, he's, up, he's up there with the best managers we've ever had. And, and, and in that, I've got uh, Roberto Martinez and Liam Richardson, and my two top managers for Wigan Athletic. The yeah. only um, the only incumbent manager that I can think of off the top of my head, and I may be wrong, that's had a stand name after them is like Sir Alex Ferguson. So he, mm. he must he must be doing all right. You mentioned quickly there, Barry, before I let Joe come back in the Charlie Wyke situation. Which was, um, you know, horrific to watch from afar, and I'm, I'm sure was keenly felt by all involved at Wigan. He's back now, and he scored against Cardiff, which is fantastic to see, and a, a wonderful story, really. Yeah, he. Um, look, funnily enough, I, I bumped into him on uh, Wednesday in in the Tesco's. I love about 
100 yards from a little Tesco's and I went in and he was in with his lad. So I had a bit of a chat with him. Um, and uh, he said he's looking forward to coming back to Sunderland. He's looking forward to Saturday, so that, that was it. But he, he, he just looks a perfect picture of health. You know, he's, he's mm. six foot two or whatever he is. He's got good colour to his face. Obviously, everything's working well with him. He has one of these uh, defibs under his skin. He said it went off in training once and he'd been talking to... Uh, the, is it Danny Bland who used to be at United at Ajax now? He, he has one and he was talking to him about it and said, What it's like, what's it like when it goes off? He said, Oh, you won't even notice it, you won't even notice it. Give you a little job. He said, He thought he was having another ass attack, it was that bad, frightened him to death when it went off in training. But he's got that, that sense of humor with it as well, you know. So it, it's just a, it's a fantastic story. He's playing, he's come back, and I'll be honest with you, he's playing better now than what he was before he went off. Um, you know what it's like. I've spoken to Sunderland fans. I did the Roker Report uh, podcast the other day, and they're saying that all he was was a goal scorer, scored 30 odd goals, and that's all he, all he did. But he's such so much more with us. He's a team player, he brings people in, he holds the ball up well, he chases the channels. He's, he's fantastic. He's loved. We, we have his, his own song now at Wigan. Um, he's loved, and his mates there, Max Power. Happy times. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just looking at the the Wigan team, Barry, it looks like quite a lot of players kind of that got them up last season that's kind of still in the team. Um, obviously, look at Max Power, we know uh, from Sunderland, James McLean as well, another ex-Sunderland player. Then at the back, you've got the people like Jack Jack Watmore, Tom Naylor in midfield. Is it a pretty similar side to the one that got them up? And is it kind of, do you think, a pretty settled side now at the minute? Yeah, well, it, it is the same side. I think the, yeah. the only players who's come in who's playing sort of regular uh, uh, Ryan Niambe he's coming from Blackburn he's, mm-hmm. he's had a, a little run in the team he's back out injured and Nathan Broadhead and yeah. apart from that it's it's the same lads who got us promoted um, very settled we, ch- we changed it we changed it when we went to all we changed it not all sorry we changed it against uh, against Cardiff we suffered a defeat at all and I think uh, Liam wanted to just rest a few players and we changed the formation, changed the pattern of play and everything uh, at home to Cardiff and we were shocking. We really were. And he brought it back on, on Tuesday against Blackburn and we played back to our similar style. And um, it, it worked. And I think Nathan Broadhead was the only player who started in that game who wasn't with us last season. And it, it's... Uh, you can tell you can tell they know each other's game inside out. They know, you know, they're, they're covering for each other. They, they play well. Jack Watmore was absolutely... Top class on on Tuesday, but he's he's aided and abetted by Curtis Tilt to defend. He's Tilty is one of those players that he thinks he's Franz Beckenbauer, but he's more <laughs> he's definitely you know, and you, you you're screaming at him when he gets on the ball, get the ball up the pitch, Tilty, get it up the pitch. But he likes going on these little runs. But what he does, he defends, he defends, he defends with his life. He puts his body on the line, he, and he complements. The, the class of Watmore so much. But at the side of Watmore, when we play three three at the back, we've got Jason Kerr, who's absolutely... Quite, the only thing with Jason Kerr is he's got a lack of pace. But apart from that, absolute quality player. Uh, so, so that back line was, was with us last season. Tendai Dariqua, James McLean, uh, were playing as wing-backs. Naylor and Power in midfield. They just know each other so well. Uh, very settled. Luke, they know what the plan is. They know how to execute it. Um, yeah, settled and for me, I, I, I think our, our formation, our team selection on Tuesday was spot on. And I'd, I'd hope that we play that again on Saturday when we go to Sunderland. Mm. What's the uh, what's the role of Will Keane in this team? Because I know he scores quite a few goals for you, but I've heard he's played a little bit deeper this season. 
But yeah, he, he played deeper last year. I mean, when Charlie White went out, he, he ended up running the line, uh, which didn't suit him. And then we brought Josh McGuinness in and then uh, Keno dropped back again, like to that number 10 role, perhaps a little bit deeper than the number 10. Um, very similar this season. He, he's uh, he's great on the ball. Uh, on, on Tuesday... It, we, you know, people say he should have scored. He, he, he nicked the ball off Martin in the area and uh, tried to chip the keeper from about eight yards out. The keeper got his hand to it and, and brought it instead of smashing it. You know, but Keno doesn't do that. He's a very intelligent football player. He's um, he, he, he links up. He brings people in, in, into play. So he'll pick the ball up in midfield, and as soon as he gets on it, he's looking where, where he can knock it out. Um, he's, he is a number ten, but slightly. Deeper, he's, he's you know, I don't, but he's got the, the freedom to go in and out of the box as well. So, yeah, it, it, again, he's he's having a great season, five goals already, you know. So, he could have had one on you know, on Tuesday, it would have been six, but yeah, really pleased with Keno. Mm. Just coming back to Max Power as well, Barry looks like he's back in midfield now. Um, last season, he played it right back a bit, didn't he? Um, he's one of the players that started looking at the stats here, he started every minute of every game. Um, Kind of when he was at Sunderland, he was he was an influential player in the dressing room, but just didn't quite happen for him in the end. Didn't wasn't part of the team that ended up getting promoted. But a Wigan, it looks like, you know, he's a real key key player for them. Yeah, his his delivery has been something else since he's come mm. back. He's uh, dead ball delivery, and sometimes if he's if he, if he gets marauding up the right wing, he can he can swing a, a beautiful crossing, and he scored loads of goals. I think he's probably our top assister last season. Um, yeah, he's, he's in midfield. He, he filled in at right-back last year when uh, Tendai Dereka was injured or we were struggling for a left-back and Dereka went over to the left, powered up into, in, into right-back. But uh, that's Jason Cousins were fit when that were happening. So we had Cousins and, and Naylor in midfield. But Cousins missed half the season. So the majority of the time, Powell was in midfield. But he, he, he is that driving. But he's great in the dressing room, like you said, but he's yeah. the driving force on the pitch as well. And... He, when the final whistle goes and we've not won, it's in his face. You can see how much it's hurt him. Uh, it's what you want your players to have. You want them to have that passion. I had a bit of an argument with a fellow supporter the other week saying, what's what's Power got apart from his passion? Because passion doesn't win your games. And I said, but passion does win your games. It gives you that extra 1%. And he's, he's not only got passion, he's got great quality. He can pick a pass out. Um, he's, he's Like I said, his dead ball delivery is spot on. He's a leader as well on the pitch. He's vice captain, uh, but he's in reality is he is one of the captains on on the pitch, uh, and he's, he drives us forward all the time. He's driving us. He's looking for the balls. He must have been like this at Sunderland because he was like this with us the last time he was here, uh, and then he went to Sunderland looking for the ball all the time, looking to to to, to move the ball forward. Because um, that was one of the things we didn't get when when he went up to the northeast. Why? Uh, a lot of the supporters up there was was a little bit critical of him in the mm -hmm. way he were playing. I know he hit that uh, that forty yarder in that playoff game. Um, was it against Luton? Can't remember now. I remember it was Lincoln City. Yeah. Lincoln, that were it. Yeah, uh, but but that's him. He's trying. He's, you know, that's him trying to win the game for the lads. He's, you know, that's what he's like. Um, I'm I sure he could have been. I think the thing with that Lincoln that Lincoln City game, Max Power is not the reason Sunderland lost that you know, tie over two legs. We were terrible in the first leg. Second leg, we missed opportunities and, and let Lincoln back into it. It wasn't Max Power's fault. I always quite liked Max Power. I think the problem with the perception of Max Power at Sunderland probably was that he played in a, 
and a poor team that ultimately didn't achieve the aim, which was promotion. So he sort of tarnished with that brush. Um, he wasn't injured very often. He, as you say, he was a, a decent player without really setting the world alight. I always liked his passion, as you say, Barry. He always played wherever he was asked. Never looked like he was a problem for managers. He actually captained the club at one point as well. Um, and so, also, and fans want is players that give the role. And I think Max Powell was was definitely in that category. And then he moved on to Wigan when Sunderland didn't offer him a new deal. So it's not like he sort of, you know, deserted the club or, or ran out or anything like that. He, he wasn't offered a new contract. He went back to Wigan. He's done well there. So I'm a Sunderland fan as well as a reporter. And from my point of view, sort of no hard feelings, but we know everybody doesn't think the same in this world. Yeah. No, he, he has come back and he's, he, it's like he's never been away, if I'm being honest. I before he went, I, he, I used to speak to him on Twitter quite regularly. And uh, I've only met him a couple of times in person. And I was at the game the other oh, week. And I got there early because I was doing something in a supporters club. Max Perra just perched his car up. He comes walking at the car park and he's, he just looked at me and said, Hiya, Barry, how it's going? How's it going? And, and, and that, you know, that means everything. He, 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 he remembered me, remembered my name. He's communicating with us. He gets it. He gets that it's a job and we're paying his wages and he's playing for our club that we love. He gets everything. He, you know, he, again, with Richardson up there, Powers up there as well for me. He's uh, a tremendous... When we first signed him from, from Tranmere, um, I think he was only 21 at the time, and we'd, we'd lost James MacArthur a couple of seasons back. And when he first came into the team, he reminded me so much... He's, obviously, he's not gone on to, to replicate it, but he reminded me so much of a young James MacArthur when we first brought him down from Hamilton, he had that drive, uh, always wanted to be on the ball. He was a box-to-box player. And he reminded me so much, and I was hoping that he'd go on to be, you know, to reach those dizzy heights that MacArthur had. Obviously, he's not done that, but he, he's still he's still a very, very good player. Hmm. Yeah, just... Uh, sorry, that's where I was there. Um, coming back to the, to the game then, Barry. Um, last season, when we watched Wigan, I think it was mostly a 4-2-3-1 formation. This season, you've, as you mentioned before, it's been a back four, it's been a back three. So kind of how do you think they'll set up uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I don't want to remember last season, if I'm being honest, when we met you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three defeats. Um, and, and one of them, we uh, we had a special deal on for the home fans and we got the stadium packed out and and you was 1-0 up within a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bailey so, Wright's header, wasn't it? That was it. Yeah, uh, we, we, we were in do- terrible form then as well. Suddenly, we were in like a real bad vein of form there, if I remember. Yeah, that game was was wrong from start to finish. Uh, we turned you around. We won the toss and turned you around. And whenever mm. we said, "What are we doing that for?" We never attack the the away uh, the home fans in the first half. Uh, you, you just booted upfield, got a free kick, and it was in the back of the net. <laughs> so, uh, so how, how will we line up? Well, I, like I said, Liam Richardson doesn't like tinkering. He's, he's not a tinkerman, and I think we'll probably go with what we went with on, on Tuesday. Uh, three at the back, two wing-backs, so we'll have Kerr, Kerr on the right, uh, Watmore in the middle, Tilt on the left um, of the three. Uh, James McLean will play left wing-back, Tendai Derrico right wing-back, Nyla and Power in the middle, uh, Will Keane, Charlie White, Nathan Broad ahead. Um, not missed anybody out there, have I? I think that was the 11. No, and that's the 11, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll go with that. The, the, all, the only um, question would be, uh, because we've been easing Charlie back into into the games, whether he'll, he'll rest him 
for this. But I don't yeah. think he will, you know, because with it being Sunderland, <laughs> I think it's uh, it's just got Charlie White written all yeah. over it, hasn't it? You know, so I, I think he will throw him in. There's yeah. a there's a number of narratives, isn't there? There's the power narrative, the Charlie White narrative, the Broadhead narrative. McLean has an awful relationship with Sunderland fans. Sunderland fans have an awful relationship with McLean. He's one of those sort of divisive characters, isn't he? Really, over the years. The other one as well, I know he hasn't played any football for you hardly at all. I think I was having a look, something like nine minutes off the bench this season is Ashley Fletcher, but I think he was on the bench last game. So there's that as well. And he didn't really pull up too many trees when he was at Sunderland um, in a poor side during our championship relegation season. But uh, yeah, having been a Sunderland fan for as long as I have, I'm expecting a minimum expectation two of those players to score. <laughs> any Anything less is a bonus. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, sorry. yeah, go on, Barry. I, I was just going to say, uh, I, the, the way we play away, uh, I think it's it, it's set up for us to uh, break last season's hoodoo. And I really do mm. think, uh, I, I can see Charlie White scoring and I think we'll score uh, in the first half and I think we'll you'll come on to us, but we'll score a breakaway in the second half later on. And I've gone for a 2-0, uh, White and, and Broadhead. Mm-hmm. That brings on nicely. We usually finish the podcast by asking for a, a score prediction, but you've already given us one. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that, Barry. Uh, James, how do you think uh, the game will go? Um, Wigan like to attack. They've got a good away record. few ex-Sunderland players. Sunderland like to attack. I think we'll be bang up for it as well. I think a lot of those players will want to prove a point maybe to, to Wike and Power and that sort of competitive um, beast. I reckon... I'm actually going to predict a loss for the first time this season. I'm going to go three-two Wigan and, and what's going to be a, a good game. But I think really? that I think that striker issue is just going to. I think it's going to. Yeah, I think it's going to harm Sunderland again. To be honest, I, I just don't think they've got the firepower at the moment. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Tony mm-hmm. Mowbray manages to get a tune out of them. We heard that Ellis Sims is back on the grass, but he's probably not going to not going to be back Seems in time very, for this yeah, game. Yeah, it's unlikely, isn't it? Very unlikely. Very unlikely. So you're looking at maybe Clark up front again. Does Jefferson Bennett come in? We don't know. Um, you've got the option to play Pritchard up there, but it hasn't tended to work. Sunderland have got quality, we know, with Patrick Roberts at Embleton, Dan Neal. Um, these players are all very good, all very capable, but it's hard to play in the Championship without a focal point. And I think what's gone under the radar a bit is that Corey Evans is going to be missing and he's mm. one of the, the most experienced players at the club. So that leaves really Danny Bart and Alex Pritchard as your two most experienced players. Um, below that, you're sort of looking at players that are anywhere from... Well, Lugo 9 may be kicking around at 27, 28, but the rest are sort of 19 to 23, so 24, 23. So I think it'll be a tough task because that Wigan side, as Barry mentioned, has got a lot of experience there. Hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. I think obviously the last few games we've seen at the stadium night have both been goalless draws. Sunderland could have easily won them both, um, have still created chances, even though they haven't had a striker. The Evans situation, I think it'll be interesting how Mowbray kind of deals with that because it's something that he's not had to do this season. Whether he goes with Neil and Embleton in there, does he bring in Matete or or Barr or someone like that? Um, but yeah, I think we're going to really see how important Corey Evans is and it'll be interesting to see how he does deal with that. But I think Sunderland might edge it. I think the last two home games, I think they could have easily come away with wins, even though they're both goalless draws. I think they've been competitive in every game. They've not lost, even the games they've lost, they've only been by a single goal. So um, I think Sunderland might nick it by by a goal to nil on on Saturday. But uh, thanks both for joining me on the latest episode of the Raw podcast. Tony Mowbray spoke to the media on Thursday morning, so you can read 
what he had to say over on the SFC section of the Sunderland Echo website. We'll have more build-up to Saturday's game against Wigan, as well as the latest SFC news all over on the SFC section of the website. So once again, thanks a lot for listening to the Raw Podcast.